Hello, welcome to the Mythology and Marksmanship Podcast. I'm Morgan King, and I'm here with Paul Higley. I'm sorry, uh, it's been a couple weeks. I still haven't put up the one I did with Brady last week, and I'm going to get it put up. So when you're hearing this, you'll probably have already heard that one. But uh, yeah, just a lot going on, and uh, really just not a lot of shooting going on to kind of... Um, spur too much of a conversation um so just haven't um put a few a lot out there so hopefully we'll get back at it i mean i usually am pretty consistent but every but like say there's been out of you know a month i think i've only put out one so uh yeah don't get scared they'll still keep coming um (laughs) so me and paul have done some talking about um, what we want to talk about. And uh, we were just yesterday, or maybe it was yesterday, day before or something, we were talking and and, uh, neither one of us understood how these classifications went in the PRS. So today we kind of want to talk about that. But uh, first I got um, questions I want to ask Paul because, well, I've started to uh, ask people just some questions and I think it uh, generates pretty good conversation. I did it pretty. Figured I wanted to get your answers for them, and I think I'll start uh, trying to come up oh. with some questions. Right on. I didn't. I didn't warn him. So. No. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> if you hear a click, <laughs> that's Paul checking out. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just call him back. There you go. Yeah. Uh, so they're, they're none, none of them are like real, uh, complicated. But, okay. Um, do you listen to the show? Me? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the first one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I like listening to it. I forget what I say, so I got to listen. Yeah. It's funny how that works, isn't it? <laughs> Like if I get real bored, which is crazy, you you think about this for just a little bit, guys. But every now and again, when I'm bored, I'll even listen to it, just because I'm like, what the heck did I say? You know, like you, you get, well, we you get forget. off on those tangents, and and it's like, you know, we know there's information in that, and it's like, yeah, I, I remember about half of it. Let's let's go back and review. You know, so I do the same thing. It's not that I'm conceited or anything like listen to myself talk, but yeah, definitely not. It's more to see uh, how stupid I sounded. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, I've been pleasantly surprised a few times to be like, "Oh, yeah, I don't sound that dumb." But uh every now and again you're just like, "What an idiot." Yeah, I hear you. But that I mean, <laughs> Most people have on here. I shouldn't say most. All the people I've had on here have sounded great. So, well, to me, that's I've, obviously I'm not the judge of it. It's just every now and again, you know, you're you're always your own worst critic, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. To me, I sound like a backwoods hillbilly, probably to most people. And that's why I listen sometimes, is because I'm like, man, don't say that, or like, uh, I find afterwards when I'm listening. I'll notice, like, that I just said probably in the last, I don't know, 
how long we've been going four minutes i probably said like i don't know how many times so i'll start paying attention like oh you said like 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 and then i'll hear um 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 that's all i'll hear you know so (laughs) that it it this has made me kind of think about my 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 talking or my speech a little bit my 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 exactly <laughs> see that's what i'm talking about because it makes me think like oh hey you oh that's funny why don't you just take a breath and think and then talk instead of going ahead and going um 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 which i'm still gonna say um plenty of times and i'm not well you know i don't i don't think people are listening to us because we're formal by any means no but i got a Uh, professor that says you know one thing you'll learn in life is uh good criticism isn't just shitting on yourself so i'm not that's not what i'm trying to do here either (laughs) uh sounds like a good professor yeah so yeah, every now and again you'll run into a couple of those. Mo- uh, I mean, I, I shouldn't say most. I, I don't want to speak in broad, broad generalizations, but a lot of the times I do anyways. Um, but, yeah, you'll run into a good professor every now and again. But for some reason, that you you would think there would be more of them. Yeah. But there's not always. But anyway, so thought that was a I just was it's more interesting for my own I I knew the answer your answer to that question but I don't know everybody's answer to that question and I just I think it's more of a uh one to well you know it's just not you and me I listen to Brady I listen to Garrett I you know I listen to them all yeah and uh I'm I'm uh I love to funnel in that you know anything I can you know take it in Try what works for me. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, there's always something new on here. Always. Yeah. And I, uh, e- even if I said it, it's like, oh, wow. <laughs> I try to listen to no. a few of them. I don't always get the opportunity because, I mean, I'm sitting listening to, um, or I'll be, when I, if I, if I listen to a podcast, I should have been watching a lecture type deal. Because, uh, I mean, we've always got lectures, and I'm always re-watching lectures and taking notes and stuff. But, you know, I try, like, I I try to listen to podcasts on the subject because, you know, it keeps you relevant, keeps you thinking about it. And I enjoy Chad and Francis's podcast. Uh, yeah. I enjoy Chris's podcast. Um. Um, obviously Jake and John's right. I don't know many people that don't like that one. I listened to them all too. I, you know, I didn't know what a podcast was until you asked me to be on yours. Uh, Yeah, I know. I was going to, I was going to mention that. (laughs) It's uh, opened up a whole new avenue for me. I'm, I'm really digging it. I'm, you know, I drive a lot and I, I got a job that's, 50 miles from, from my house and I'm down there two, three times a week. So it gives me, you know, a lot of time on the road to listen. I get on airplanes, I download them before I get on the airplane now. So I got something to listen to, uh, you know, or, or yeah. Yeah. I yeah, had about any, anywhere I was, I'll sit in the crane and watch hand signals and listen to podcasts, you know? Yeah. It's uh, one of those things you can do pretty much 
while anything's going on. Yeah. You know, and I always had referred to podcasts like you listened to them, and you, and I thought you knew what I was talking about all that time. No, and then, I had no idea. Yeah, you're like, what is what is a podcast? <laughs> it's like somebody serious. Somebody said on Facebook the other day, what was the word? Uh, Wikipedia. What in the hell is Wikipedia? No, you're kidding me. <laughs> no, I have no idea. <laughs> Did you look it up? Well, yeah. It's like a, a dictionary type thing, I guess. So. It's an open source dictionary. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. an open source encyclopedia. It's a dictionary is definition of words, your diction. Like Yeah, I, I got corrected because I didn't think I was a boomer, a baby boomer. I thought I was younger than that. But apparently I was uh, born the last year of the baby boomer. So not, now that makes me feel real old, you know, so... <laughs> Well, see, that's crazy because I, I mean, I don't know. I've grew, grown up and basically my whole life, Wikipedia has always been that source, which now it's actually pretty accurate. So they, it used to be when I was in school, like in, in uh, junior high and high school, when you have to write reports, you couldn't cite Wikipedia because it was inaccurate. Well, now... Yeah. That's not the case. Actually, Wikipedia is fairly accurate. It's one, it's actually because it's always being constantly updated by people that you don't know. But then, but then they go back and they edit it, and they and ev- everything has to be approved and then cross referenced. I mean, it's very, it's generally somewhat up to date and somewhat accurate. And so, and it's just simple. It's not like it's got everything on everything, but it's got a little bit on just about everything and now you can't sort uh use it as a source in um like in stuff and it's not due to the fact that it's not accurate it's the fact that cuz i mean essentially it's kind of peer reviewed and it cites peer reviewed stuff but it's more of the fact that that it's just it's just too available and and not quite a first, uh, what do they call that? Uh, oh, frick. Now I'm going to uh, lose that. It's like a first something, first line. I can't remember. N- now somebody's going to laugh at me because I can't remember what. It's like first so- something source, second source, third source. Anyways, uh, basically it's not uh, a... Like peer-reviewed journal articles are are the primo, the best you can get, and then it's like stuff that sources that, and then there's like just Google after that, yeah. and it's essentially li- um, kind of linked with Google, maybe a half a step up from Google. So, well, when I was in school, we didn't have computers. Yeah, we had twenty-seven volumes of encyclopedia sitting on the bookshelf. A to Z, and uh, and the, and a few others seems like, but that's where we got our information. And so there was no Google, there was no keyboard. This is all stuff I had to learn way late into my twenties, into my thirties. And 
it was a hard, it, you know, it was a hard transition. In fact, you know, my brother always told me, oh, you're going to have to learn this stuff. He, he actually had a teaching degree and taught computer science. And I run my business off carbon copy. <laughs> <laughs> I said, no, I'll never use that. That's a waste of time looking in that screen. You know, it's just now on Sundays, I look at my phone and it says I, I average four hours a day <laughs> looking in that screen. <laughs> but you know it's it's reading emails it's not just sitting on facebook guys it's you know my whole business is through this thing and uh, it's allowed me to get away from a desk it, it gives me all the freedom i need i can like say i can be in a crane and and just about bit a job while i'm while i'm running a crane so it's it's made things way versatile for me but it, it was a hard thing to learn yeah. I wish I, I wish I'd have had it in in school. Yep. I I I I had to google it but I remembered it. So, primary, secondary and tertiary sources. So, oh, there you go. See, yeah. I bought you some time. Yeah, you know, you're you're fine. I well, cuz like an in, <laughs> actual encyclopedia is considered a primary source whereas oh, okay. Wikipedia is not even though it's probably better. Um well, they got that urban dictionary too. That's pretty That's funny stuff. Definitely not a first degree or a primary source. <laughs> but yeah, it uh, technology is amazing. Um, like the as what it is done and the availability of information. I mean, you just can't. Like I, I think, and just to tie it into shooting, when I started this and i obviously started later than probably a lot of you guys listening um i started at you know not when i like when i actually started shooting shooting and like reading about it all the time i mean this was back i don't know 2008 9 ish or probably 2009 and uh like really trying just to learn how to launch a bullet i remember uh, there was a dike, um, cause we lived right along Great Salt Lake. There's a dike down there and my dad had one of them old, uh, and I didn't know what it was. It was like for my grandpa and you pulled it behind a horse and it was a scraper. So you could, they looked like something you would sit in and like ride, but, uh, it, there was a little ring and an had arm. Had the big and, wheels on it. No. It was a wasn't a road grader, huh? Oh no, it wasn't a grader. It was like a deal where you could you could like if you wanted to move like about a half a bucketed um half a tractor bucket full of dirt, you basically oh. would you throw it into a dirt pile, you pick it up, put it into a dirt pile, and it had a had an arm and you would pull the horse would pull it and it would dig in this scoop full of dirt and then you would just drag it wherever you wanted to go, right? Right. Well, and I don't know if I explained it right, but anyways, this is a big chunk of metal with an arm on it. And me and my buddy in school, I had a 223, with like a varmint 223 I got for, I don't know, getting my Eagle Scout or something like that. And uh, I had bought at a at a, a gun show a scope that you could dial. It was a piece of junk, but you could dial it, and somehow it would return close to zero. And down there, I couldn't, we didn't have a rangefinder, And so I drove it off on the four wheeler 
and it had a odometer on it and it was like i remember it went i'm pretty sure we shot farther than a thousand yards but i was thinking let's get a thousand and i was like ah that's probably 300 yards to the next telephone pole or 250 ish and so i drove it off and it was something somewhere around to the next telephone pole it was it was a ways like farther i can't remember how far it was but it was like two-tenths of a mile almost to the neck these huge telephone poles that ran the dike and i mean they were when i'm talking they're not telephone poles they were like telephone those towers that that have um i don't know six wires or more on each side that the ones that hum you know oh yeah so we thought, well, we got this idea. We're, we threw it in a four-wheeler trailer, drove it down to the dike, this that big old deal. And I thought, I'm going to I'm gonna shoot this with my 223 because I've seen these videos online, right? I'm like, yeah. And I'd read some stuff about it, printed off a chart. I mean, this is before, like, everybody had cell phones and apps on their cell phone for everything. I think I did have a Streelock app, but this was not until I was home off uh, my mission. So not till I was a little bit older, because everybody back then was running JBM ballistics off off of like the desktop, and you had to print it all out, and then figure it out that way, or you had a handheld PDA because well we just I, I mean heck it was just I don't know what the iPhone come out in like two thousand eight or something like that. Yeah, I had a mill dot reticle back then. Yeah, well, shoot, that's, I don't even know what I had. Mine was like a, who knows. I, I never did figure out what the, what it was in. I don't even know where that thing went. But, yeah, we we set that out there, and I went two, four, two full, or four lengths of a telephone pole and thought, we're going to let her buck. I, I mean, I could shoot it out regularly to 600 yards with the thing, because uh, I knew that. I My dad had, like, some rangefinder, and we ranged halfway and got there. Anyways, yeah, we... We uh, drove that off, and I remember walking it in, and I and I mean I hit that thing like I don't know, almost ten times. Out of we walked it in with, it was two boxes of bullets that we shot, and I probably hit it ten or fifteen times, and you can still see the dents in it today. I brought that thing home. My dad, he he saw that thing. You know it's an antique, right? Like what? You idiot! What are you shooting that for? But, oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. So it's still there. Like I think he's got that lined along the fence right now. But yeah, one of them barely broke the metal, but everything else is just dense in it. And my dad, he thought that was pretty cool because the only thing that saved me on that is I said, "See that telephone?" He's like, "Where? The, what? What were you doing?" I says, "Well, you see that um, big old telephone pole there?" And he's like, "Yeah." And I says, "Okay, count one, two, three we shot from there to there and he's like bullshit and I said yeah and then <laughs> then he didn't care about the the plow the plow deal anymore you can do that huh yeah but it was still it that was like ELR stuff anybody that, that uh anybody that does ELR and listens to this I'm sorry but it was essentially <laughs> like you do an ELR. We shot sixty-four rounds to hit that thing. Huh? <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, anyways, now that we're twenty minutes in, I already ask you. I ought to ask you the second question. Okay, I'm ready. 
I apologize for that long rant on that really didn't get us very far. Uh, how did you get into shooting? Well, as far as long range goes. Yeah. Um, I had a buddy that, uh, I tagged along with one of his buddies. We went elk hunting and he had a scope that dialed and I ended up buying the rifle from him. We went out after elk hunting. I, I don't know. He shot that elk about 600 yards. Um, we went out a couple nights after and he says, you want to shoot a thousand yards? I says, I sure do. And of course he had the shooter app. Um, before that, I think all I'd ever gone out was maybe four or 500 yards. You know, I was one of those guys that, oh, you hold it in his horns and you'll get it. And I got a few that way. Uh, but it really wasn't much of a target practicer. You know, or, or, you know, didn't go out and shoot a lot. We shot a lot of ARs and pistols and stuff like that. But, you know, not a lot of bolt gun. Um, but the 1,000 yards intrigued me. This was probably, I want to say, 12 years ago. Um, so I bought the gun. It was a 300 Wisdom, straight barrel, truck axle. And I started going to him with F to F class tournaments. There was a tournament in Centerville and one out the Wendover out of the old uh, sniper range out at Wendover, where they used to teach the snipers World War II. And uh, so we did one of them or the other once a month for a few years. And I, tried a couple uh different places i think my first prs style match was 2014 it was uh utah utah sniper yeah the utah state sniper challenge right yeah yeah and i took my old single shot down there just just, you know oh yeah just bring it you know shoot what you got check it out and i i was with uh uh, Rob Wilkinson. Yep. Steve Rains, Curtis Broadbent. I ended up on a, on their squad. The old, uh, the old Christian crew. Shank. Yeah, yeah. And we're up on the we're in Price, and we're on the thousand yard line, and there's these coffins from one hundred out to a thousand, and it was uh, know your limits stage, and I didn't know it what a KYL meant. You didn't so know what I limits just, were. <laughs> oh, I did. I had no idea to lose my points. And, uh, I think it was the first stage and I shot all 10 of them. <laughs> They're all looking at me like, you know, and I'm single feeding this thing. Got my bo- box of bullets laying there prone and throwing, mm-hmm. kicking one out, throwing another one in. And they're all looking at me like I had nerves of steel. Did you know? I said, no, I, I didn't know I'd lose my points. <laughs> 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 but yeah, I, I, uh, I had such a good time that I went and bought a, a desert tech from Rob the next day. And I shot that for a couple of years. Uh, there was a bunch of us that had them. Uh, Paul Dallin had one. I think he shot his the longest. Yeah. I remember uh, when me and you met, that's what you were shooting. Yeah. I had a two sixty. Yep. Um, 
it was a, it was a straight shooting gun. Uh, we we'd go up to either down to Price or up to Marcus Blanchard's match up in Park City. And Marcus he would set up a course of fire and show us all just why you didn't want a desert tech. <laughs> you know, give you a, a weak side stages. You know, the bolts right there in your cheek. Uh, just kind of stuff like that. And uh, he never really said anything bad about him, but boy, he sure set up stages to to mess you up if you had one. Oh yeah, I remember those are good <laughs> matches though. <laughs> they were. He'd done a good job of them. We, you know, we always had a paper stage. There was always some huffing and puffing involved, running back, getting another bullet, running back up, laying down, and shooting another one. Yeah, they, they were fun, but yeah, there was a lot of that. And, uh, yeah, I, you know, the first time I shot a thousand yards, I was hooked. And, you know, I was all over from there. And uh, then just started shooting PRS and, and NRL. And of course, yep. I was more of an NRL fan because of the location I lived, you know. But, uh, oh, yeah. Now, you know, it's all PRS. So I've done an NRL hunter, and it was it was fun. i got to say, it was a lot of fun. Well, that kind of gets I us to our next question. Plan on doing a few more. That gets us to our next question, because I was going to ask you about that. But first, I, I, I remembered why I started the last story, so I figured I'd just finish it before I got, we got. Basically, what I was trying to say is, is that it just shows and I'm sure you've seen the same thing, like the the technology now that, that you and I have that allows us to be able to put the round where we want it to go, like at a 1,000, versus when we started or before, at least before we started, like when I started looking into it, before an iPhone. Oh, yeah. it's, it is crazy how much more better it is. Like when people start now, they don't even understand. Like we didn't have chronographs that worked. Like, uh, no, no, you just, you set something up and yeah, and magneto you, speed you know, was most the of the range finders wouldn't go a thousand yards either. So you had to do it in thirds or halves or, you know, and get you a plate out there. And then you'd, you know, hopefully you had a mountainside so you could walk it in and it's like, okay, I just hit a thousand at, uh, 27.2 MOA. <laughs> Yeah, because me, I and I bought, and then you start walking stuff back in, and that's that's how I created my dope. Yeah, because oh yeah, no, I did the same thing. Well, I used shooter, and then I I got the BC off the box, and then and then you trued your velocity, and shoot, that worked just fine. I don't know why people uh, that are getting into it freak out that much about having to have a chronograph. Um, it's real easy if you're setting somebody up new now to just do that, but like I. I used to just go, I bought in, let's see, yeah, 2014, I remember I bought, it was, I just built a gun, and I had like this Bushnell Elite 1600 um, um, rangefinder, or 1500, it was like, I don't know, it was way old, I bought it actually before, I bought it in like 2011, and it was okay, but you know, I could get a thousand on the right on the right surface or whatever. But it was super inconsistent. And when I came home home from um, my mission, I went and bought that and built a rifle 
then I then I bought a Leica 1600B, which that's a great rangefinder. But then all of a sudden, now I just trued my I trued my velocity. But yeah, the technology now versus then is crazy, and and now we can go and in anybody almost can just go lay down and at least get the right elevation to hit a thousand and oh, get yeah. you hooked. Well, you know, now all the, the podcasts, all the YouTube, uh, all the, all the stuff out there that's available, even when we had the equipment, you know, that we could chronograph that we could, we, we still didn't have a lot of YouTube videos or, or podcasts. Oh, you know? heck so no. there's, a, there's a, there's a big advantage now for a new shooter with, with those two things. Yeah. Cause I started shooting I, 2016 was the first full year. I basically start, that's com- competition. I basically, st- I started December, 2015. Um, yeah. And yeah. so that. I remember. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> and so here we are. And in 2015 or whatever, that you had, you, you there was no magneto speed. There was no lab radar. You, I had a, like a, a little box chronograph and that basically would tell me, give me an idea but I never used it. I actually bought it before I knew anything. And then uh, I just had to, you just had to true it. And then when you showed up to a place, you would just go off of it. And then if you had zero day, it made it a little bit more important. Now you don't have to do that. Now it's so much, it's a little bit easier. We still true our stuff, but we, but we do it a little different. Um, but yeah, I just, it's crazy how much different uh, the technology and how much the technology in that just short amount of time has come along. And then, like you say, uh, now the information on how to use it and how to get better, like how to get better at shooting. You, you, the PRS was still pretty young then, and it, and it wasn't as developed in, you know, having guys that, that like, this is the type of gear you need. This is the type of caliber. Like you, now it's pretty clear cut. It's like you somebody could seriously write you a list and say, here are the actions. Basically, here's your list. These are the actions that you can use or to be successful. If you use these actions, you're good. If you use these triggers, you're good. If you use these um, stalker chassis, you're good. These barrels, this brake, blah, blah, blah. And you basically have like, four or five in each one of those categories. And if, as long as you just choose one of those things, you're going to get a, a gun or equipment in, at the end that is competitive. And it will, the only thing is, is it's going to be pretty close to about what everybody else has. You know, this goes for scopes and reticles and all that stuff too, but it's all there. Back then there just wasn't, there wasn't that there. I mean, heck most well, of the stuff you wasn't can ready. Go buy a, you can go buy a Savage, a Bagara, you can buy a Ruger that are, you know, they're pretty competitive. Yeah. They're not bad. Just a, just a factory rifle. Oh yeah. Well, the Savage, yeah. uh, the one in the MDD t- chassis is pretty sweet. Bagara has one in an XLR chassis Yeah, and maybe even an MPA chassis. Yeah. yeah. Actually their premier pro competition, I think is in an MPA chassis pretty sweet yeah, yeah i i see nothing wrong with them i think uh, it might be a category for me one of these days 
you know, it's not a bad idea. It's not a bad category, really. Right. Yeah, have well, Phil I, send you a have Phil send you a six dasher. Yeah. Well, I think it'd be a lot of fun. Get yeah. into that. All Factory right. Clash. Uh, I'm gonna ask. Anyway. PRS or NRL? Hunter. NRL Hunter, sorry. I'm uh, I I like PRS. I do. Yeah, me too. Um but I'm a, I'm a fan of the NRL Hunter too. I, I've only shot one match. Which is crazy that you say that. Yeah. Because you were such a well, naysayer for so long. Yeah. Well, I had my reasons. I. I know. Uh, but I'm I got over it, and Burl put you know Burl's a great friend, and it was a close match, and you guys were going, and it's like, well, I I guess I better brush off the six five forty seven and. And go give it a try. You know, I I didn't do too good. I didn't do too bad. But uh, I had a lot of fun. I did. Yep. But PRS, you know, style matches is that's that's where my heart is right now. Uh, I like I say I I I will shoot another NRL. But I know I I knew you would once you went, but I knew that it was going to be. I, well, I thought it might be a little hard to get you there, and it turned out that I was right on the getting you there part. Which, yeah. But uh, I'm glad I'm glad you went, and I'm glad you liked it. Yeah, it's very challenging. It's a it's a whole different discipline. Finding the targets, ranging the targets, shooting the targets, and you know, in a timed timed manner, uh, figuring out what you're going to use, whether you're going to. Go prone. You got a rock you can shoot off. You got a tripod. You're on a hill. Uh, all that stuff's got to be figured out on the clock. And you know, and, and I, to me, the hardest part for me was finding the targets. Um, that was very challenging for me. But I've got better glass now for it. <laughs> so hmm. maybe it'll be easier. Uh, I won't say what brand I had, but I, I thought the glass was lacking, and I, I definitely know that uh, it took a long time to get my my uh, dope out of it on my rangefinder binos. Uh, I could find the next target before it had it had it had sent me back to what to dial on the first one. Um, a lot of times. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean. Going into those, I, it's so hard to beat the Swarrows. Now you have the Swarrows, though. Now I have the Swarrows, I do. Yeah, and... the, the Lycus took a little bit longer, but not bad. But, yeah, the Vortexes, it did take some time to get get it back. I, in, in a hunting scenario, not a problem. In a scenario where you're in a hurry and, and you're so nervous, like with uh, those NRL Hunter matches, sometimes that waiting on the Vortex uh, to get your dope back, I understand. Yeah, it can be a little bit annoying. Well, yeah, I mean, it just seems like you're sitting there forever. Pull the trigger on it, and it's like, okay. Tells me the artists you real quick, but, uh, you know, to calculate the uh, what I should dial, it, was, uh, it just seemed like it took forever. Hmm. Like, like, say, I, I was on to the next looking for the next target, waiting for it to come up, you know, so. Yep. And that took me about half a match to figure that out. I was like, well, you dummy, why are you sitting here, you know? 
get looking <laughs> while you're waiting. <laughs> but, but it was, it was a lot of fun. I, I had a ball. <laughs> it, yeah, it was a fun match. Of course, it's shooting, right? Right, guys? Exactly. It's shooting. That's, so. And that's why I asked, because I know that, I, I mean, I just think it's um, interesting to hear what people think and, yeah, well, I mean, I already knew what your answer was, but I figured it'd be good for everybody to hear. Um, so, yeah, so the question uh, you and I talked about is uh, these classes, right? <clears throat> so, last year, we went to, were you with me when we went to California and I shot with, were you with me with Brian and Mike when we missed the flight coming home? Um, I wasn't with you guys. I drove down there with my wife. That's right. So you were I there was at when the match. Yeah, you were there. Avenal, the Avenal match, right? Yeah. So when we when we went down there, uh, which and that's a funny story. You wonder why I missed the flight. Well, that's because we got stuck in TSA, and actually, the guy that was with us, he didn't get stuck. Me and um, Brian Black got stuck, but uh, Mike. Anderson did not get stuck, so he made it on the plane, and then us two chumps did not. Well, and it's probably my fault, I guess. I I, I convinced him to, I'm like, oh, yeah, well, you, you always um, fly with your bags, your shooting bags in your carry-ons, which I still do. I just, that one time it got flagged and slowed us down. Now if I'm in that situation, I just buy a new one because it's cheaper than a flight. So I'll just leave those somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you can mail them to yourself, too. Do you know that? Yeah, but then you get, that's too much of a hassle, right? Well, it's pretty, yeah, you're probably just better off waiting for them to check your bag. But if you're maybe, already maybe late. Maybe just get there a little early. Yeah, I was going to say, know? if you're already late, like say you're running behind, which we didn't think we were. That's the thing. We thought we were just fine, but, the, but it took us two hours to get through security. Basically an hour to get, get our bags checked and an hour to get through TSA and that was just we sprinted to the to the doors and we missed it by less than a minute it was crazy anyways oh man uh so the classification system right we're there in Avenal and do you remember who won the match he's in our squad I don't Phil was it Bernardini nope Phil Oh, Phil Vallejo, yeah. Are you? Are we mixing up two matches here? I don't know. I've been to California a lot. <laughs> I know, but anyways, <clears throat> I think I think it was that, that was my first California match. Okay, I was like, I I thought you were there, but I can't remember for sure. But yeah, Phil, yeah, because the next one you went with your and your wife was there, I, for sure, and that was it. Uh, that's the one that uh, Dan won. Yeah, that was uh, San Luis Obispo, right? Yep. So this other one, uh, the Avenal one, uh, Phil went, won, and you know he shot great. But do you do you remember who won amateur class or the nope. amateur division? Phil, was that you? you? Oh yeah, that's right. Classification. That's right. Yep. And he was like all embarrassed about it, and I don't know. I 
I don't. It's not his fault. It's just the the classification system for quite a while in the PRS. I mean, shootout was confusing, and it still is confusing. It's not now, but it it uh, it. Well, didn't, it, it's didn't easy he to win figure the it PRS out. PRS that year, Phil Vallejo. Yeah. No, no, no. Like and, three years or. Uh, 2018, and he won. He won the finale match. Yeah, yeah. Not. Yeah, that's right. He hasn't won the season. He's just. He's won the. And um, he was a marksman then too, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Well, they didn't have the classifications then. <clears throat> oh. So the thing is, is it's. <clears throat> so, before like uh. There was nothing, but then all of a sudden when they started it, they decided to go off the last year. Well, if you haven't shot and like him, so he won that, and then there was a year off, and then he shot, and then he started. Um, so like he had a year off from the PRS. Oh, he had a year off from the PRS. Well, that means that. Uh, um, that the PRS didn't know like how to classify him because it went off the year before's deal. So everybody just got classified. If you started, you just got classified as an amateur. I think, well, I take that back. Actually, I think what happened is yes, he took a year off, but then he only shot two the year before. And that's what got him caught. Cause Bushman, I think Austin Bushman, I think had the same, maybe it wasn't Bushman. Maybe I'm confusing somebody else, but somebody else, I mean, it shoots really good, also had had that same um that same situation and they were and they ended up, you know, it was at least a similar situation where they were misclassified because they'd only shot two matches the year before. And so it put them in the bottom thirty percent of all the shooters, and then that that um then they're classified as an amateur, and then because you don't get reclassified mid season you just end up going winning every every amateur deal if you're misclassified the whole year. And so they finally right. fixed it with Phil, and I think he – because he felt bad. I mean, he's like, well – I mean, not that it was his fault or anything. So it just – just one of those deals where they think they got it figured out now. I think now if the same situation, if you didn't shoot um, – if you did not shoot uh, two or if you shot – didn't if shoot you three take matches. a year off, you still keep your classification. Yes, that. And if you only shot two the year before, I think you're just not classified, or you keep your previous classification. So, like, yeah. if you if the, yeah, your you, first you won't year, go down, you'll just go up. Yeah, but say your first year you shoot and you go, I think, and I don't know. Let me look at this here. Um, I'm pretty sure you have to shoot. Um, at least three matches to be qual- um, classified. Yes. Um, because that's the problem is if th- there was two, like they, if you only had two, then you just automatically ended up down there, and then you just sandbag the entire next year, and you got to basically trophy at every one, um, which that's not what it's for. It's for the guys that are just starting out to to then be able to go and to compete and – I I don't I don't think it's a bad idea to do uh 
I don't know. The amateur class, uh, like maybe like if you're not classified, which because there's a lot of people. I mean, you just you're not classified. Um, you I don't think you should jump in the amateur category right off the bat because you you don't know where you fit yet. No, I I've seen a lot of NCs this year that went right to pro. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, Gardazzi for one. Yeah, but see, he's a prime example of somebody that I think might have been misclassified for a minute. Um, well, he was he was an NC. I don't think he uh, he didn't he didn't do he, you know he shot some PRS matches last year, but he didn't didn't pay for the season. Yeah. Let's so see. he shot NC this year, but I I was looking through it last night, and he's he's classified as pro now. So oh yeah, he should be obviously. Yeah. Oh yeah. I that's mean, what I say. It's that's that's how you know you if you're in that you shoot three matches and you're NC and and you're you're above ninety percent, you're going to be a pro. Yep. And so the way the classification is, yeah, two hundred seventy points. Yeah. You know. So the way the classifications work is it's out of all the competitors in the country that record, I think, at least three scores. Uh, in the previ- And it's based off your previous year. You're a pro if you're in the top 20%, and then you're a semi-pro if you're in the next 25% down, and then you're a marksman for the next 25% after that, and then an amateur is the bottom 30%. Because it, So it goes 20%, and then it, that drops it down to... That's forty five from twenty percent to forty five percent, and then it's from forty five percent to seventy uh, percent, and then seventy percent and down. Um, so that, uh, but if I understand it right, you uh, it says shooters, and that's without the finale. Uh, that's, right. Yep. So that's before the finale. So shooters with Your no three, pre three matches for the year. Yeah, which you just about was classified professional. So you're semi pro uh, yeah. now, which is pretty dang cool. So you pretty much going to be uh, bringing in all the semi pro trophies this year. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, it says sh- we can hope. The shooters with no previous year end. Or no previous year end of season series score will be titled unclassified for the current season. Those unclassed shooters will receive classification prior to the finale based on their current season totals and may be eligible for entry into the finale. These shooters must have three pro series scores to be classed prior to the finale. See, there you go. That's that's it. And then uh, yeah. and then every season you're reclassed. So you 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 only can be reclassed um, if you uh, like request it. Like I think Phil requested it because he's he obviously had prior deal, but it was like in this limbo period where the PRS hadn't quite got it together as far as like they didn't have a system quite in place just yet, um, and they were just figuring it out. And so that's why I think that happened. But I do feel like there is a probably a better way to classify. Um, shooters. Um, I don't know how that is, but I do feel like 
if there could be more meaningful classifications. And I don't mean that as a slight in like at all. Uh, I just feel like maybe making those top classifications like like if you had pro and then semi-pro, if that was, and then marksman in that, you know, if it was like top 50-ish, so more like 10%, 20%, 30% type deal, so that, and then amateur below that. And the only reason I think that is because, uh, well, I don't know, maybe that wouldn't work, but I just feel... I feel like there's a it's kind of muddied down by the semi like below semi that marksman semi pro line is kind of muddied a little bit that line yeah and I don't know why because yeah, I, I just because every you know, now and again you'll see a marksman that'll just all of a sudden be uh you know third or fourth place and you're just like where you know like how does that work you know well he's been listening to your podcast. Well, I don't mean it like that. I mean it like is in I like I like I'll know the person and like you're clearly not a marksman. Yeah, well Sean Haymore, for instance. That's exactly the type of person I'm talking about. Yeah. Like he's a perfect uh, example. Brady was I mean, but look you know, these, these guys are fairly Brady Allison, these guys are fairly new shooters, so Yeah, they're fairly new, but they're freaking they, killers. They, yeah, and so I don't know. I don't know how else you could, you know, you got to classify them somewhere. But, but yeah, I, I've seen Sean take a few of those marksman trophies. Yeah, and I uh, do feel not like every that's, match he goes, he went to this year. But now, guess what? He's a pro. He's pro. Yeah, yeah, and and I uh, surprise, you know, like really, you know, it like uh, we all have known that for for a while now. Well, Sean lives lives uh, in the same geographical place that we do, and we shot a lot of NRL matches because there wasn't a lot of PRS matches. Yeah, he, and he, I don't think he really – and this year he did go to more, and I feel bad because I, I, I would like to go to more of them with him, uh, PRS matches. Yeah, I went matches. to this last California match with him, had a ball, him and Mark Miller. Guy, we had I, a great time. I do like that guy. He loves to just give me crap. Yeah. <laughs> And he might be the most successful person to give me crap ever. Yeah, he's uh, pretty pretty good you, at it. You think he's pretty soft spoken, but you but, know you get to know him, and he's got some uh, he's got some 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 good stuff in his in his head. Oh, he's a funny guy. He's <laughs> a funny guy. Like, and and he's just so uh, reserved. Yet, like I I I think a lot of people are. Uh, like people that are reserved it's not it's they have more self-control than i do that's essentially yeah. what, what well yeah. some of them that's how that's how it is like me i just can't shut up where as some people they can and that's awesome for them and then you very guys very like quick-witted yeah, yeah. Very, very quick-witted it's like it's like every time you know or, or like the time i remember is last year you know we were we were going or back and forth. He beat me on day one, and I beat him on day two, and barely. And well, and I and I ended up winning the match. This was uh the first. It was an enter. It was an NRL hunter match, or not an NRL hunter match, but the NRL match. Uh, that Paul Dallin. It was the first, not Nutcrusher. Wait, he, what did he call it then? The uh, 
the skull crusher. Yeah. Now it's the nut crusher. Uh, or anyways, but it was the same match just before it was an, it was an NRL match. And see, that's why he wasn't classified as or He was classified as a marksman because he was, while everybody else is going PRS matches and not everybody else, but he didn't, his first couple of matches were all, uh, PRS matches. And then all of a sudden, and then he, I think, but, and then, and then also, uh, that's right. Hornady. He didn't have a good time. He didn't do very good at Hornady. And then, uh, the other one, he only went to three. He went to one and did pretty good at it. And then he, he didn't do bad at, uh, Colorado, but I won Colorado by a few points. And so those three scores put him down in marksman. That's right. That's right. Yep. Um, that was a lot but this year he done that. a whole lot better. He, oh yeah, he searched him out, and and he's a shooter. He's real good. Yeah, he sure is. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe there's a better way to do it. Maybe there's not. I guess. Uh, for what I think now you're seeing PRS across the nation. I think you're going to see it clear up and not be somebody down there. Yeah, it's just you know. We're actually our, our, just did our first full year of PRS across the nation with no other, you know, type of match there. That's so. true. Uh, you're right. I forget about that. That This is the first time of doing completely just NRL, or I mean just PRS, no NRL, which yep. I do think is good, but I think, I think the PRS needs to uh, – get more matches out here. There's a demand there's, for it. There's two more. I think there's two more coming and they're talking about a third. There needs to be more than just that. So, that means there's only n- nine yeah. out here and how many over there. And there's, there's a lot of shooters over here that are active. Well, I think they're just a little nervous to, they want them to still fill up. So they're going to, they're going to feed it slow. And NRL had what, 12, 13 matches on their last year. Mm-hmm. Second to last year, something like that. So. Yeah, but the reason those didn't fill up is not because the matches weren't good. It was because right. they, the way that 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 shit sank. That trans that transition happened. Yeah, yeah that that was not good because they what happened? It, they said, "Oh yeah, this is the last the last year and it, it's gone and blah blah blah." It which. Whatever, I don't disagree with um, yeah. going to the NRL Hunter versus over the NRL, but I don't agree with the way that it went about. Like it should have been a smoother transition. They should have they should have sent it off with a bang, you know, like yeah, said, "Hey, this least... is the final season," and you know, and did a big to do about it, and not ran it into the dirt and said, "Oh, the pro series," or I mean, the yeah. game, the game. What do they the call race, it? The race, the race guns. Yeah, the race gun good. series. Yeah, there was a guy running around drinking in all the parking lots, telling everybody there was a, it was over, and so the forty guys are showing up at the match. Which that was one of the reasons I had heartburn about it because I was a match director for the NRL. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not saying that. <laughs> I don't mean mean to say that the that I that I think that uh, anything negative about the NRL. I just think that they probably it, it did kind of put some of the match directors in a pickle because they didn't get the turnouts because they just thought, oh, well, this is a dying deal. We don't know yep. 
how, what's going on. Well, we'll people, just go to PRS matches and the PRS 100. matches that year. They did a lot of them. A lot yep. of them did. A lot of our friends did. You know, it was they could read the writing on the on the wall. Uh, Which I had already like done. They that. didn't even have to read it. They were told it. You know. So. Which I had already done that because I figured if you want to go to the best matches and sh- well and and that's arguable because there was a lot of really really good NRL matches and and that has nothing to do with NRL versus PRS or anything like that. That has more to do with a good match director putting on a good match, right? Yeah. And there there was a ton of uh well PRS you just had more selection because there was a larger volume, but the NRL put on some high quality matches for a lot of years. Well, for a few years. And then my thing was though is you only got West Coast guys and a few East Coast guys here and there and some of the guys and then some of the Oklahoma guys and stuff like that in the beginning and then that trickled off. But you know, you just didn't get the whole country. And so my thing was is if you wanted to go figure out who's the best and shoot against everyone and this is coming from a guy that won the NRL twice in a row. Like I'm not I don't I don't uh I don't dislike the NRL at all. In fact I, I, I really loved it, I enjoyed it. But I'm just saying if you want if you wanted to compete against everyone, you had to go to a PRS match. Yep. If you wanted everybody, for sure. Well, at least at the end of the year. So during the year, I think the year long matches, yeah, there was sixes to win one versus the other in their prime. Like it didn't it didn't matter. it was still hard it was just as hard to win an arrow match as a PRS match. And even the like the first finale I won, even the second finale I won, I mean a lot of really good shooters are there. But the first one it was like every all the who's who in Oklahoma because we were in Oklahoma. I mean everybody was there. I mean so I get that. It still wasn't winning the PRS. Like the PRS is uh it's the Premier League, you know. So that's why I went to the PRS early on as far as like not going to it or not. I still went to both, but but I I tried to shift my focus there when I really started wanted to compete cuz I I I mean that's always been my my goal is to win the PRS. Yeah, I get that. It uh and you know the only reason I didn't shoot PRS is the geographical thing. I wasn't. Uh, I figured twelve hours is far enough. Yeah. I hadn't haven't traveled on a plane with my gun yet, and uh, and of course you that's hadn't. taken right off. You no, have now. I, oh yeah, yeah. That ship I think is. They know sailed. me by name now. They're in that Salt Lake Airport. But, Man, that's a good airport. Yeah. They do a good job of getting, you know, getting your gun on and getting you on your way. But uh, I still won't fly any connecting flights. If I can't get a straight through flight, I'm not going. Uh, you know, that's, I, you could probably, I, I get that. But at the same time, there's, yeah, there's not a huge need to be super scared of it. As long as, so when I can do connections, I want at least an hour and a half connection. And the reason is, is because that's long enough to get your, bags to the next plane if you don't do that and they're really good about getting your gun your other bag it's not always guaranteed but your gun you know it's body but now pro tip put 100 rounds in your case and then it doesn't matter because you'll get through the first day (laughs) 
So then you're because your bag will always be there by the second day, your other one. If you're if you're yeah. coming in late. I mean, even if you do say it comes in late, uh there was one time I had to go back to the airport to get my other bag. Right. Well, and you know, if your motel's set up three hours away, that's uh, pretty they'll, inconvenient. So But they'll drive it to your airport, they should or to your hotel. To your to your hotel, yeah. They should. I mean, within an hour they're real good about it. You know, we, we had a straight through flight coming back from Paris and our guns ended up in London. Yeah, no, that was not cool. That was bad. No. Yeah. I didn't see my gun for two days after I got home. Yeah. Now, but that's, that's foreign crap, you know? Yeah. So anyways. But it does happen. Yeah. So back to our classification deal. That's kind of, I know that that's been kind of muddy and going into the finale, I kind of wanted to talk about it because for myself and to see, you know, where it is or to see what it's all about and what each classification is. I understand there is a need for, for something like that. Um, and, and we've got this system, uh, I feel like they're, they're, I just feel like there's something missing about it, you know? I feel like it does something but it but maybe it doesn't do do it the way that it could be done. You know what I'm saying? Cuz I feel like yeah. this is my argument is I feel like there's a jump not from the semi-pro or fr- from the pro, semi-pro to the pro. Yeah, there's a jump in in skill level and everything. But the bottom end of that semi-pro to the pro or to the top end of this and to the pro, of the of the pro Semi-pro. category. So like we're saying um to be to be from 20th to or from 10th percent to 20th percent versus 0% to 10%. I don't know if that makes any sense, but basically cuz essentially uh, if I if I looked at it and everything, basically if you're in the top 120, 120 in the PRS, you're you're considered pro. Yeah, my well, thing is, is to all be those tops. guys are shooting ninety percent. Yeah, but but to be to be it's stacked. Yes, but to be uh, in the top twenty in the PRS versus to be in just the top one twenty in the PRS, huge difference. Even to be in the top sixty. Oh yeah. In difficulty, so uh, that's I the agree. class I'm yeah. saying. I'm saying there might be one that's missed there. Like that's why I'm saying maybe it may be an expert class in that top twenty. Yeah, and the only reason I say that is because, and that's why I'm saying it's muddied at at, at marks. I shouldn't say that, but if you if you upped the upped the uh, amateur to marksman, you know, so so say it was just basically if you, once you hit that threshold, now you started to be classified above amateur. So say ten percent instead of twenty percent. There you for go. The pros. So if it went yeah. ten, 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 you know what I'm saying? I yeah. feel like. I feel like there's a huge jump in skill right there. And actually, you could probably leave everything the way it is now, but add one more class or just shift the semi-pro up to where it's 10 and then 20 and then and then broaden those two and even make them amateur to where it's just say, say it's a, um, the, you know, the bottom 40% or whatever and then split it a little bit different there. I feel like that would maybe address it because there's some guys that I'm not saying that guys don't deserve to be where they're at. I'm just saying it should be recognized 
how hard it is for those guys and how it's like if you're considered a semi-pro and like well if you're in that 60 deal to if you're say you're 65th or versus if you're 120th i mean like or even 20th versus 100th and then say you're competing against those same guys that's a that's a big difference right versus uh now now all of a sudden you're giving that 100th place guy the guy that shows up to a lot of matches and goes a lot and is a really good shooter but you know he he's just he's still practicing trying to get better uh and so that then he can compete um for a golden bullet type deal those guys now all of a sudden you put them in a category where they show up to a match and it's not they also now they have a chance to still go win um a division yeah that guy still might have a chance to win the whole match but but uh i don't know i just thought well if you take take hundreds place for instance they're they're shooting 90 percent you know they're right around 270 so they're they're 30 points. They're 10 points a match down from 300. So there's 10%. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not saying, like I say, I don't, I don't you know, know if I'm completely still selling good my shooters. Yeah. I'm not, yeah. I'm not, I'm not saying to classify just, them because I don't just, think they're yeah. good enough. I'm just trying to give them an opportunity in until they get even better. Does that make sense? Yeah. Something to shoot for. Cause pretty soon there's going to be, at, at with it being the top, you know, twenty percent, there's going to be a lot of guys that are classified professional that'll that there's no going backwards, you know, and they're going to be um, classified as professional and like not have a chance to go win one of those semi pro deals, which maybe they don't want it. I don't know, but I just thought it would make that class and winning that that much more yeah. meaningful for a guy. So, I don't know. Yeah, I get it. I think it's all just a feel-good thing anyway. You know, so. Yeah, but but still, I mean, it's still something, though. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I get it. I, I don't know. I'm not. It's for us, it's, it's for us mid-pack shooters. Oh, shut up. Uh, so, I got a question. Another one. I and this oh, good. and when we when we do this, uh, when we talk about this particular subject that I want to talk about, I want to exclude you and I from the from the deal because we're going to start uh, dropping some names. So, uh, going into the the PRS I, our finale, I want to make some predictions a little bit on on the way we think things are going to uh, stack up. Because why not? You know, it's a game; we get to play it. We love the sport, so why not talk about it? So, uh, um, but first, the question I want to ask is, and and obviously we we exclude ourselves from this conversation, but who's the best shooter in the PRS? Well, I don't know, Morgan. <laughs> I think you know. If if we're talking about where it's held this year, oh, I, 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 nope. Just I'm just saying we don't have to talk about the finale. Nothing. Yeah. Yep. But I can't I can't mention your name, huh? Yep, that's the rule. You that's broke the it. rule. Yeah. See, I didn't say your name. 
Okay. Because <laughs> I, because like seriously, I, I yeah, like you know, I I could I could say ten people, and be correct. Exactly. I just want you to say one though. Yeah. Well, man, that's tough. I'll open it up to three. That's my final offer. I'm going to say Ben Gossett. Okay, he was probably going to be somewhere in there for me. You know, what What do we got, a four- or five-way tie at 300? Five. Yeah. Ben's one of those. Yeah, and we're just talking this year. We're not talking about Clay. Clay's ever. one of those. Yep, Clay's one of those. Yeah. You're forgetting one, I think. Think about France. Well, I shouldn't say this is just the one I well, would think. Yeah, Bushman. Yeah, Austin. that's the one I think. That if I was a pick, if it was me answering my own question, because I want to, <laughs> I yeah, I would pick Bushman. Yeah, he's uh, right. Right now, just as of this season, if I if I was shooting, you know, like he's pretty dangerous this season. That being said, Clay's also he's always up there, and uh, Ben is pretty dang good. Um, but I mean, Ben's I could go, I could go. Solid. Yeah, Ben Ben shoots really really good. Uh, I don't know. It's it it's just, um, and you know the everybody other, knows week, it. Jeffrey Jeffrey Gary put on a hell of a show. Yeah, I just haven't seen him shoot good. Or shoot, not shoot good. I haven't seen him shoot enough to know. Like I don't, I just don't know. But I've I've heard really good things. So, and this is not to be a slight against anybody. It's just more of like a fun thing. I just, you know, you guys all might have fifty different opinions and. All of them are right. Everybody's good. Uh, I just think about really? guys like right now, like I'm just looking at the top dudes in here. Like if you'd ask me this question this time last year or the especially the if you'd asked me this question two years ago, I had said Nick Gadarzi. Yeah. If you asked me this question last or year, Austin or I'd say Austin Orgain. Yep. You know, and I'm not saying – and I'm not saying that Austin – or or Nick are not great shooters. In fact, I still think those two like are well, some of the best shooters to 10, ever pick up know? a rifle. Period. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's, I'm just looking at the guys that that I have to compete against, and I'm Austin. Obviously, is put himself back in the in the mix too. He's got 295. He's sitting eighth. Nick Gadarzi sitting tenth with 294.9. Like they're all in the mix there. I just like. Bushman's been on fire this year. He's won. He won the uh, World Cup. He won. Uh, he's won a bunch of other stuff. He won um, a bunch of matches early on, or not a bunch of matches, but he he was like up there or winning matches, like starting last fall till now. You know, like he's been just kind of he been on a roll, and so he's solid. He yep. is. Very solid. And Clay got I mean, fired to, up. To pull and, off what he did in France, you got to be solid to do what he did there. Hundred percent. I think Clay's really motivated right now. 
Cause like he was mad, you know, like when he was coming out here and shooting with us a bunch, I think it was just pissing him off and pissing him off. And then he got motivated and went on a, a little streak there and he's won, um, um, some matches this year. In fact, Clay texted me this morning. Let's see. It was a group text. Uh, he sent the order. He got the order, um, of us and it says so that we'll shoot in because they were trying to figure it out and they basically they didn't go off of what i what me and him had talked about mixing uh who got so i thought it should have been first number of wins to determine the order because there's five of us you know which i never did make a stink about it because i never have gone first and but i've went in for three years in a row now with 300 points uh so, but I've never, I'd never really thought about it, but Clay sure did when, um, I was like, oh, it doesn't really matter. And he's like, well, we shouldn't have the, the a, an order that makes sense. And I'm like, okay, fine. So it's, it's going off of the order in which we got 300 points. So it's me, Ben, Clay, Bushman, and then Jeff Geary, um, which I thought it should have been like the number of matches, but that would have really only changed two names should have been uh, me, and then Clay, he he won three and tied for first on the other one, so on his thing it says four. To me, that's a win. He should have been next. And then out of the next three, it should have been based off the time in which they got it, if that makes sense. So I thought it should have been number first, then time, or, or like the time of the like how long it took, you know what I mean? Right. So, but either way, it's still – it's still pretty good. It's nice to have it have it worked out in a way that makes sense for everybody, and I I like that. So yeah, so it goes me me Ben Clay Bushman and then Jeff Gary. Um, yeah, I feel like I feel like uh, it's gonna be a really fun match. There's a few new names up in there like Bushman. I can't remember if he was in Yeah, he was in squad 1 last year. He's been in squad 1 the last 2 years, I think. Uh Jeff Gurry though? Nope. Ben Gossett? He was last year, pretty sure. And then Ken, he was last year. Matt Caruso yeah. though? He wasn't in in squad 1 last year, I don't think. He might have been. Yeah, he's- but he, he shoots shot good. really good. He sh- yeah, he's been yeah. shooting really good. Then there's then there's Orgain, Chris Cudelick definitely wasn't in there last year in Squad One. Nick Gadarzi, I don't think he was, but that doesn't mean he didn't deserve to be there. He just probably didn't shoot as many matches, whatever in Squad One. That's a pretty fun squad. Uh, you know, it's not the same as it was last year, so it, it's kind of cool. You know. Yeah, it's gonna be fun for you. I'm excited to to be there. You know, I, I actually made it there legitimately. So, not as a senior, I I made the cut. So, I'm pretty happy about that too. So, no, that's pretty sweet. Okay, now next question: Who's the best senior in the country? <clears throat> I think Rusty Homer. That's a pretty. That's a pretty. Yeah. Yeah, that could Just because be right. how how consistent he he's been, you know, we've got some dude. Rusty's yep. a slayer. You I know. didn't even think about it. Yeah, you're right. I I don't know why he didn't come to mind. I just yeah. I mean, 
I think you nailed it. I think you're right. I just, you know, he's just been there every time. That being said, though, I mean, you there's some Rob other Tucker, guys. You know, he's, I don't he's, know Rob Tucker. He gets he gets around the, the props real well, and he's a good shooter. And, and Bill Allison, you know, he's yeah. uh, that's he's a saying. new senior. He's a new senior, but he's only got rusty by one tenth of a point. Yeah, which that was probably as of last week, right? Yeah. Which and then there's always Phil Cashin. I mean, that dude. Yeah. That dude can win a match, the Open, at any point. You know, which Olmer's oh, yeah. the same way. That's the thing, and I'm not saying that as a slight against the rest of them, but frick, me and you have shot against Olmer a lot, and got beat against or by Olmer a lot. Oh, I know yeah. Olmer. He's so. He's just so humble, you know, but he's just a great guy. And uh but he's he's so humble that he he kind of just downplays it, but gosh, that guy he's such so a good maybe, shooter. Maybe I maybe I'm just uh West Coast biased. Yeah, but, me too. Uh, I feel the same way, but but we also <clears throat> shot against him. I mean, he there for I mean, you go to an NRL hunter match, you better you better uh Oh, yeah. You better uh, he's, he's eat your weenies because he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna do it. <laughs> yep. Yeah. But I, I mean, there's there's some good shooters. The seniors, it's getting to be quite the division now. You know, I I've been in it for five years now, and there's uh, Tommy Tinsley, Bill Allison. You know, these are and uh, Rob Tucker. I think these are all first year seniors. Yeah, we're and, and for this we're pretending like we're we don't exist. So who? Rusty's sixty-two years old, so he's been a senior for seven years. Yeah, these other guys they they're just barely. Well, not all of them are yeah. just barely there, but if a couple well, I, won't, I won't call them pups, but they're still a little wet, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. I'm getting too controversial, but that's fun. No, you I, yeah, no, that's cool. So who do you think uh like I say, I, and I'll I can I'll answer this for the pro too cuz uh well I already did, but I think I think uh um which if I do. So I I think say we're we're obviously pretending like we don't exist, right? Cuz I'm always if you ask me like who's going to win the PRS this year, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm going to always uh, if if there's if there's money we bet on, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna bet on myself always. But like say I, that doesn't mean it's it's the right answer, you know, because I'm just heavily biased towards myself. But uh, I like if I had to choose, like so, and it's it's hard because mentally you you want you don't want to even like admit that there's an option that you don't you don't until it's over you know but like if i didn't exist i say <laughs> i i feel like austin would bushman would win the prs this year yeah and that's yeah, not right. saying that he keep, couldn't but, he, but mentally i got to i got to i got to say say there's not a snowball's chance in hell that's happening uh, even though, like a uh, hundred, like hundred percent, like however, it, however it shakes out, uh, you know, uh, not a huge deal. I mean, there's a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff, 
that's more important than um, pulling the trigger. Um, uh, but yeah, it's, that's I think Austin has a real good shot. He he shoots really good. The the other there's some other uh, kind of like outside like Clay. He's already won it there. So that would that he could there's a chance, but really the the thing that's scary about 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 that place is just about any any one of them. There's five of us with three hundred. Yeah. Chances are one yeah. of us is gonna win it, right? So it's just a matter of who does this better. Yeah. yeah. So and and uh, it, it's it comes to it's gonna be a it's gonna be a, just a two day match for the for all the marbles. And uh, just about anybody can do it, so it'll be fun. Oh yeah, yeah. I, you know, when I went back there in uh, May, I I looked through the the top fifty, and any one of those guys could have won that that match. Yep. Yep. It's, I mean, you you drop a point, and you're you've dropped ten places. <laughs> <laughs> it seemed anyway. You know, maybe it's maybe that's you know exaggerating, but. But yeah, it's uh, it's a fun place to shoot. I'm excited to go there and, and uh, shoot the championship. Yeah, I I think it'll be cool. So who's gonna be who's gonna win the senior division? Um, you know, it's it's one of those three, I believe. I think you're probably right. I haven't seen either Rob, Rob Rusty or, or Bill, but I know Bill shoots good. And I know Rusty's a slayer, so. Yep. Probably fair. Rob, Rob's got him by, you know, three points right now. So, but three points isn't much. Yeah, no, three so. points is not. Well, does he really have him for that many? Yeah. He's oh, yeah. 280, well, two points. Yeah, right. 1.8 points. 1. points. Yep. 1.9. Pretty tight up there. Yeah, it's pretty tight. That's that's uh at the finale. That's one one bullet. Yeah. Yep. So that's that's crazy how that how it how it comes down to that sometimes. You know, like a whole season, a whole you know. Oh yeah. It could be. It could amount to you know. I think 10, you'll 12, see seventy-five miles. stages next year. <laughs> no, I, I mean. If I was to th- if I was going to make a prediction on where what I think uh what changes are going to happen happen in the sport that's where, a, where the PRS will go next? Yeah. I think it's going to go farther west. I hope. Well, they they seem to uh spread it out a little more in the west than the east. Yeah. I know the NRL was never that tight at the top. Yeah, which, and we've talked about this a lot. I don't, and I think the NRL was smart in doing the average. They did, they did the average of your placement and and uh, and your percentage off the winner. So, say you got a ninety nine, but you were fifth place out of a hundred. That means it was it was an average of ninety nine and uh, ninety five. Um, yeah. But that also means the guy that got sixty percent, his average is with zero, so he only got thirty three points, right? Because he was last place. Right. So that's where, um, it 
it, some people don't like it. It just spreads out everybody a little bit. It sometimes it'll bring you up. Say you only got ninety percent of the winner, but you were second place, and so that's a ninety-nine, and that's an average of ninety-nine in that. So that's ninety-four point five. Instead right. of instead of a uh, um where it could go the opposite if you're 10th and got 99 points then you're still 94.5 but uh you could have had 99% if you're in the PRS I do kind of like that because it might even out some of the stuff that happens in the PRS so maybe there's something that to be said for that but I don't see any anything happening in the uh percentage category or in or in the scoring in the way the scores are done i don't see that changing anytime soon right um but yeah i think i think uh, man it, it should it should just come west there's a demand out here and if you guys are listening and you run a match and you've ran a big match in the in the past you know just reach out to shannon shannon is a i mean he's a nice enough guy he's reasonable he's not he's smart I guarantee that uh, that if you have a good match and you present it, there's no reason that you're not going to get um, a match. Now, that being said, like not everybody's going to get one right off the bat, but I think over time it it can it can come back out here. You there's know, as a, long as we start for, keep filling them up, it, it will happen. Yeah, there's just such a void that's been left. We've, we've got uh, an an. Another a new one in Utah this year and a new one in Idaho this year. Yeah, which um, and possibly a new one I think in Oregon. Okay, well I so, hope I hope there become there comes a bunch of them. I wish I wish the Montana guys, I wish Chaz had put on one um, again because I really liked those matches, loved those trophies. I mean. Yeah. It's not very often you go get a tomahawk and a bench uh, bench made pocket knife and you know like it's just cool stuff like that that you you go get and I mean it's pretty cool I mean that and Clay's trophies gotta take the cake with the I haven't even won one but he gives out belt buckles and I'm gonna win one I just haven't I just haven't got to one of his matches yet so yeah and then I missed the 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 Leopold one that had a belt buckle um this year because. Yeah. My flight got canceled, so yeah, yeah, just isn't been meant to be. I guess God don't want me to wear a shooting buckle yet. He says keep the calf rope and one on, boy. Yeah, I had COVID that that week. Uh, I was planning on going to that one too. Didn't make it. Yeah. Right. Um. This year. Yep. So, yeah, I'm I'm excited for. The finale, um, I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna be a heck of a fun time. Um, before before we go, I wanted to at least give people a, a something to think about as far as like shooting goes. Um, there's two things I want to talk about: fitting your rifle. We haven't talked about this much, but you but. I think rifle fit is really important, but yet something that's quite overlooked and it's not the same for everybody. Like for me, the old, uh, um, measure from the inside 
um, of like say you turn your your elbow, make it 90 degrees, and measure from the inside of where your bicep tendon is to your middle knuckle of your of your pointer finger. If you measure that, that's your length of pull. That that works for me, but a lot of times, like some people, that's too short. Yeah, some people. I'm, I got too big long. arms and a thick chest. I'm built like a gorilla, so that doesn't work for me. Yeah, you need a shorter one, right? Uh huh. Yeah, I do. you need you need basically the same thing I have. Yep. Yep. Pretty close to it. Yeah, and even like uh, Dallin Gunter, he borrowed one of my guns once and didn't change the length of pull, and then he got used to it, and he's like, wow, this is way better. So always, I think always err on the on the shorter side of your length of pull, in my opinion. Yep. Uh, but, yeah, because the old rule of thumb was is that the tip of your finger, if that was at, um, if that measured, so length of pull is measured from the end of your buttstock, so the, so the edge of the pad to the blade of your trigger. And, uh, the idea was, is that you want to be somewhere around the pad of your finger was the old adage or whatever. So that put, yeah. put a 13 and a half length of pole is very normal. Well, for me, it's 12 and a half and that's what I like. And I'm very consistent with it, but a lot of people, they run, um, stocks. I've, I've, I, I've seen a lot of people run one that's too long for them. Now you got Zach Meekum who's my height but has a le- a neck that's way longer than the average feller and his wingspan yep. is that of like a 6 foot guy and he's like 5 5 6 so yep. you know like okay that guy well, that's what he I needs was, a little bit gonna, he's okay with the 13 and a half that's what I was going to say I I rather than measure your arm I think you just need to keep your eyebrow off the scope and not run into your bolt. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but as long as you can get close enough to where that ain't happening, that's where you want to be. You know? So I do think though, that I would like, if you don't know, it's not a bad idea to start out by measuring, right? Yeah. Like doing the measurement thing, it works. And if you're just built like an average Joe and your wingspan is similar to your height and you know, you, like that type of deal, measuring that's going to give you a, a deal i would still err on the short side so and the measurement i take is from the inside like i say the where the biceps tendon is to the to the first knuckle or from to the big knuckle not not your like your knuckle that you hit somebody with but the one straight down from it so um your so that to that knuckle basically where the 90 in your trigger finger is from there to to the inside of the inside of your, inside uh, of your elbow, elbow, that that's the measurement, you know, and it's going to be anywhere from like if you're me, it's twelve and a half inches, to all the way up to who knows how long, and that's going to be your point. length and pull. Yeah. yeah, that's a good place to start, and then adjust it from there. And that's the nice thing about chassis is you can adjust it, um, and making sure that th- that thing fits you, um, so that and it'll help you to square up um, on a prop. And be able to do that without having to blade as much. I still have to blade my shoulders, um, and then I have to adjust where my butt, where the butt of my rifle indexes with my body. I have to move it more laterally or away from my midline, so that my recoil still um, recoils straight up. Um, but that's stuff that you can play with. But like I say, shorter the better. Uh, 
well, not always, but yeah. So I think pay attention to that. Just be just and be consistent with it. That if I was to give any piece of advice on that, anything you have to add to that? No, I think it is a great great starting point. But like I say, everybody's built a little bit different. So keep that in mind and just you know get that thing shouldered up or in your chest. I wouldn't say put it in the pocket of your shoulder because you know you. The further away you get it from your head, the more your can's going to be, you know, going to be off. So the straighter you can keep your head and your rifle over, you know, towards your head. Yep. Uh, the better off you are. So if you're thick-bodied, probably want to go a little shorter, and and keep your keep your rifle out of the pocket. Yep. Um, and I agree, but I still have to slide it over in the pocket when I'm on a barricade or yeah. something sometimes. You know, it's it's a natural place to put it. Everybody sh- shoots that way, but you know, I, I'm just. But if I can square saying, up, try, then, yeah, try it's the up. More if you can square up, yes, sir. I try to be there, so yeah. I think that's uh, yeah, that's not much for a, a tip. We did a lot of uh, talking about about nothing and uh, for fun. So hopefully you guys enjoyed it. But I feel like. Yeah, everybody's gonna have different opinions on on the prediction type of stuff, but hopefully we cleared up a little bit on the classifications and 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 uh, hopefully you guys didn't fall asleep on your way to work or while you're working or something. I don't want to get anybody fired or in a car wreck, yeah. you know. Well, the classifications did come out in the last couple of days, so if you haven't looked and see if you you know if you've advanced, then go look. Yeah. See where you're at. Yeah, um, that's yeah. You can definitely go see. It's pretty. It, I don't know. I just think I I do think it's pretty cool. Like, uh, I think it's a step in the right direction. Obviously, they made it a long time ago, or at least a few a couple of years ago. But I think it's starting to. Well, it, it's becoming a fixture in the game, and I do think that some people look look forward to that and seeing who wins the each classification and uh i think that uh it's a good at least it's a good place to give people that are just getting into it a start and something to look forward to yeah it's uh it's a status definitely so yeah i I just wish it could get more like team roping where team roping it's like you know you have a number (laughs) and your number means you like if I say I'm a number if I'm a number six healer like or something like that 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 means something like I can automatically say okay this guy does is this good you know like if I say I'm a number nine healer that's a that's a totally different deal or number seven healer like that's a little different than a number six uh you know and I and that's that's almost palpable and tangible how the difference in that that class of like Dallin Gunter, if you guys know him, he shoots a lot. That guy's a number eight healer. Okay, the guy's a freaking he's he's a heck of a healer. You know, he's a machine. Yeah, like there's yeah. guys that have made the NFR, the National Finals Rodeo, like the Super Bowl of Rodeo, that went into it as as soon as you make the NFR, you're you're a number ten healer. But they like they made the finals with a number eight card in their pocket even though the next time they probably entered a USTRC roping, they were then cl- automatically classified to a t- number 10. But, uh, 
but when yeah they're like so he's he's really 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 good um now i do think that would be kind of cool to do that somehow because then later on uh they could do something like with team roping they do like a four and under roping or like number six roping or slide jackpots where they they and and handicaps where they because the difference is palpable they could say like okay this is a this 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 uh shoot is capped at a seven and if you're above a seven or whatever you get a handicap so if you're an eight you get a half point handicap per stage and if you're a nine or ten you get a one point handicap per stage meaning if if i get a 10 on a stage i only get nine points for score type deal to try to even the playing field and get everybody a shot type deal that's the type of stuff they could do if they were to if if the classifications got a little bit tightened up if that makes any sense yeah i get it i do i don't know if there's a way to do it in this game but it's been done in other games so. Well, you know, I think this game's always evolving, so I'm looking forward to what happens next, where it goes, because it's going to go somewhere. Yeah, speaking of that, so. if you guys have not seen the video that uh, Mike Lilly, which long he runs Long Range with the Lilly's uh, YouTube channel, uh, he did a video on how to judge your match performance or something like that is what it was. It was how good are you really type something like that where, where, uh, you know, sometimes you get 20th and you, it actually, you actually shot really good. And, and, and in fact, you shoot the exact same at another match and you might get third place. Like as far as like how good you shot, but how do you know, like you felt, you felt like dog crap when you got 20th, but you feel great when you got third um, but you've shot the same, or sometimes you might shoot not that great and get third and other times you shoot really good and get 10th, you know, but how yeah. do you know, how do you know how to judge your performance and not just based upon, uh, who showed up type deal. And the, the, uh, somebody, one of his viewers on his YouTube channel came up with a, uh, ranking system. And if you guys understand chess or ever played chess, it is a it's a rating system like that based upon who you've ever play uh, played against and their rating and and every time you play against somebody your rating goes up or down based upon your performance against them and it has nothing to do with it doesn't judge your individual performance there but it judges your performance against people over time and and gives you a rating I thought that was pretty neat because yes you're it's like uh, you could be actually classified a little bit because because you know the difference. Like there is a a palpable difference, and it does push you in places. But it, and it's a it's it's got a lot of moving parts, and I don't understand how it works. But I know that there's algorithms and stuff that are in play in that deal, and it's pretty sophisticated. I do think that's. I did a lot of reading on this after I saw it. I started reading uh, game. They call it game theory. And, uh, which is retarded that I did that, but I did it and, uh, read all kinds of stuff on, on how to do rating systems and, and all this stuff. Cause I was just curious of how it worked 
And turns out there's been a lot of research that's gone into this. Which, I don't know. But anyways, so somebody who understood a lot of that stuff went ahead and put it together. And and so then you can basically put in match performance. And then based on, you had to have at least five matches. So then it can get enough data on you. And then it'll give you a number rating out of a thousand. And you have to have a minimum rating, which I think minimum rating in this scenario, he did a hundred and max rating was a thousand. So chess is out of 3000, if you know that. So like, if you're like an international grandmaster, I think you're like between 2,500 and 2,700. And I think there's only two or three people over like 2,800. I think Magnus Carlson. The fact that I know crap about chess is just scares me sometimes, but I do like chess. He's like one of the only. He's like we'll one have the, to play sometime. He's like yeah, one of. The, do you play? I used to. I like chess, but anyways, he he that him and one other person are the only people I think over twenty eight hundred, I think. But anyway, so the but the but those rating systems, I think there's some promise there, but uh, yeah. Anyways. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I didn't get into it as much as you did. I did kind of, you know, brush through it. I thought, oh, that I like some. There were some points there that I liked. It's a good. It's like nine minutes, and it's a good video. And he explains it and how it works, and and it's just really kind of cool that somebody put the time in to do that, and. I, I, it would be really cool if they did that and then had it up on some website, you know, to, and they would produce it every so often. I really, I know it's like, there's no point in them doing it, but they do it. This is kind of like Sheldon Nalos. Uh, he puts up his little, um, ratings. Um, basically it's a similar type of deal. He rates every match. He, it's a, it's a, it's a similar rating that rates you on where you're at, but it does it, it does it, uh, a little differently. I think it gets to a very similar place, but it, but it does it with different numbers. So, I don't know. It's something, it's, I don't know. I'm a, I'm a nerd, so I kind of like all that type of stuff. So. Well, good. Anyways. Now, now I'm going way in the weeds, but it's but I obviously enjoy talking. So, and if you haven't figured that out by now, you obviously have not been listening to this podcast. Uh, you're all right, Morgan. Paul just Paul spends the entire time when we're on the podcast rolling his eyes, going, "When is he going to shut up?" I once in a while I try and talk over you, but it doesn't work. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, if I if I don't say it now, I'll forget. So <laughs> anyway, thanks for having me on, Morgan. Oh, thanks for a, coming on. I have a good time. Thanks for Always coming on. Always a good time. Yeah, I'm Yeah, I, it's always fun doing podcasts with you and uh I try to be consistent about it, but like I say, it's it's tough and but we'll and it's not for lack of wanting or trying anything. It's just because life gets busy, you know. So, but uh, at the same time, we need to make. It's not like it takes much time to do it. So we just need to 
make time to do yeah. it, you know. Yep. And the technology, we can be in different states and do this. So it's it's crazy. Yeah, we used to just do it on, you know, driving home from a match. And that's a lot of fun, too, man. You know, it, you get home a lot faster, it feels, when you're when you're doing it. But, I know. It's crazy. But, uh, but this is pretty cool, too, so. Yeah, I think I got it set up to where if we were doing it now in a truck, it would sound a lot better, too. So the things you learn, you know. Yeah. So, all right. There's always that, oh, what the heck was that we run over, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Some little clicking or something like that going on, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, well, thanks for coming on, Paul, and thank you guys for listening. And as always, you know, uh, I should I should I should put it in a place where it's more accessible. I need to just list uh everybody that stands behind us. Um nobody um directly supports the show, but if you support me, it's close enough, so. But anyways, thank you guys for listening and uh we'll see you guys at the finale and if we don't, I'll sure I'll see you sometime soon, but thanks for listening and thanks for coming on, Paul. Yep. Thank you, Morgan. Yep. Everybody have a good night. Yep. See you. Talk to you later.